All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dow Talk today uh, on interview number 29. I believe we have Nick from Gauntlet Network. Nick, thanks for joining us on Dow Talk. Oh, hello. Yeah, so like, why don't you give us a little bit of intro, who you are, um, what you're working on, and then we can kind of dive into, you know, some more in-depth details about your projects and, and things going on in your world. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Nick Cannon, VP Growth at, at Gauntlet. Uh, I've been here about two years now, and uh, we're, we're deep in the DAOs. Uh, you'll see us in the forums, um, trying to help these projects understand risk and, and manage it effectively. Awesome. So what, what got you into this space? Let's talk about you for, for a little bit, and then we'll dive into you know Gauntlet and how it's working. But uh, what got did you start with Gauntlet, you said two years ago, or were you in the space before then? Um, give us your background. Before the last crypto winner, the, the 2019 one, I was at a DeFi uh, startup called Lockboard. We were the first relayer for Dharma, integrated compound as it started to come along, maker CDPs when they're just, you know, single collateral die. Uniswap uh, was just popping up around there. So like you could sort of cover the space or you could play and toy around the whole, the whole space back then. Um, that winter sort of killed that project, but I knew I wanted to come back uh, and have been reading a lot of the, the research that Gauntlet still produces to keep up to speed um, and, and knew I wanted to come back and had a fortunate opportunity to, to do it post just after DeFi summer and, and timed it pretty good even in last year. And I think we have you know a long way to go and a lot of things to build. So still still excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So kind of talk about Gauntlet. Like, what is it? What, what does it do? What do you all do? Um, I would say like start on like a very basic level for, you know, maybe the uninitiated in the DAO world. You don't have to like explain what DAOs are. I think that's, you know, kind of assumed if you're listening to this podcast, but um, start, you know, at the base level and then we can kind of dive into the weeds if we want to go there. I think everyone understands the terminology risk management, or at least knows the terminology risk management. But what does that mean in, in the context of DAOs? In traditional finance, where Tarun and Ray, sort of the co-founders, come from, they you know you sit on a risk desk. Uh, the hedge fund has various positions and exposure uh, across different asset classes, and, and of course different positions. And you need that big red button to make sure, hey, if a tail risk comes along, we can pull the ripcord and we understand um, sort of what tail events could cause, as maybe we've seen today. We're recording when FTX has been potentially acquired by Binance. Uh, could provide, you know, could put a position or a protocol or a, a whole desk uh, into insolvency where they can't recover. Uh, porting over those learnings into DeFi is a bit interesting because everything's open and transparent. There's obviously a new, you know, numerous different attack vectors and composability while offering a lot of opportunity presents way more risks, right? Bridged assets, um, super fluid collateral, as some might say. Uh, and what Gauntlet focuses on is, is risk management primarily. That's sort of the flagship product. You'll see us servicing the big DAOs like Aave and Compound, the, the lending markets primarily, uh, to tune those parameters to make sure as they do you know, add new collateral assets or go on to new networks, uh, they're optimizing for risk-adjusted capital efficiency um, as, as they try to grow and, and develop uh, the protocol. So what would you say is like, you know, the biggest challenge that uh, faces Gauntlet right now, or what? What is the biggest? Um, like, what? What is your main focus in in the world right now? In the DAO world? In the DAO world, I, I say risk management, but you know the component that we've been focused in on in the past you know year or two primarily is tuning parameters. You'll see us you know on tally, and the governance proposals that we put up are 
hey, change this collateral factor of this LTV from 70 to 75% or a few percent up and down. And there's a lot of efficiency gains, especially at the, you know, the scale some of these DAOs have got, but that's only one component really of risk management. And recently we announced ERA Finance, which is a product we built and actually a protocol on chain. You know, Gauntlet runs all our simulations and financial you know, models uh, off chain in the cloud. Uh, they're expensive enough as it is um, in AWS and, and Google Cloud, let alone, you know, no attempt uh, to try to do that on-chain for gas purposes and other reasons. Uh, but the treasury management piece, that is, which is sort of what ERA is is trying to service, is a way to like hedge that loan book and, you know, cover those insolvencies should tail risk occur. And that will complement the flagship product that we're, we built and have been servicing these DAOs with to improve that capital efficiency, uh, sort of twofold. So yeah, before we jump into era, like, you know, you're a VP of growth. So what would you say is your main focus in, in regards to, you know, growing, um, the network of gauntlet, gauntlet network. And you now you say you work with primarily, you know, those large, um, DAO protocols, you know, Aave, Uniswap, et cetera. Um, do you, are you seeing more of a demand with like some smaller DAOs? Um, or is it still kind of servicing the larger DAOs? And then if, uh, are people, are DAOs reaching out to y'all? Are you reaching out to DAOs? Is it a lot of biz dev, et cetera, et cetera? What would you say? Both ways, definitely. And, you know, we talk about the DAOs that we're servicing, but we service projects that want to be DAOs, right? They raised around or they're a small team. They have some funding. They, they want to build sort of, uh, not in open uh, at the beginning, but there's always the intention of, hey, how can we decentralize this protocol? And we always want to say, like, where are you at on the spectrum? And when are you going to get to the compound, the Uniswap stage where everything is sort of governance, executable payloads and similar? So, you know, we work with a lot of smaller projects and, and sometimes that's easier from the start, right? Um, you can move quicker, iterate quicker, less exposure and Decentralized consensus is hard. I mean, there there's some very obvious benefits. I think you know uh, that we all know. Uh, but getting consensus, especially for when you're trying to have rapid product development and there's sort of mission critical funds on the line, um, it slows things down. Um, and, and especially early pr- protocols in sort of an earlier life cycle uh, don't want to be limited by that. And that sort of makes sense. I think everyone can understand that. Yeah, I mean, especially today, I think it's it's. Like today, like actually today, like you mentioned with the uh, FTX fiasco. Um, and I think a lot of the headlines are around like, you know, DAOs in the DAO space, you know, are usually like around hacks or negative things and like um, a disregard for risk management. So I think it's important um, and ex- exciting to talk to people like you who are um, making like active change to like not, and I mean, to make an playing an active role in changing that, like, are you seeing a lot of like when you work day to day? Do a lot of these people like? Are you having to to like kind of explain to them why to care about risk management, or is that kind of already baked in and they just need help? You know, in regards, you know, changing parameters, how do we operate this, etc. It's getting better, but there is a lot of education that we need to do. Um, Mainly because like this spectrum of users or personas, as you could say, are like extremely broad in DAOs today, right? You have like the retail, a non-crowd, which may be just a casual user of a protocol, but not actually a governed token holder or, or voter, but they are a user and they have needs and they have like a purpose of being there. Then you have like sort of the decor development team or decentralized or more now decentralized uh, development community. And then on the other side, like all the whales, like the VCs, the large investors that have tens of millions of dollars in tokens or equity. And they all have like sort of different needs and different understandings of risk management and definitely time horizons of how they sort of think about it. So, you know, educating 
across that and, and making sure the value proposition of risk management is sort of clear is, is pretty tough to do. It's not exactly apples to apples for revenue. And I think that's what a lot of people want when they sort of try to map it to our service fee, saying like, how much revenue of capital efficiency did Gauntlet drive? And like, it's tough to drive capital efficiency when the market's going down, right? We should be in a risk-off environment. We should be increasing collateral requirements. So again, things don't blow up. Um, and so trying to tell a story, but also making it make sense for a, a broad number of people is uh, a big burden or a big lift. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, I mean, that's hard to sell to people who are, you know, just solely focused on revenue, but I can understand, especially from, from our perspective, because all we do is talk about Dow's day, like, it's super important to do it right, even if you can't really see the, the like bottom line until you know a couple of years down the line. But super important, All right? So you mentioned Era Era Finance, the first autonomous data driven treasury management protocol, directly from the Era Finance Twitter bio. Can you give us a little bit more of a a breakdown about what Era is and uh, you know what that kind of arose from? And the problem we we currently have right now is and what you see in these lending protocols is the safety module or the insurance fund or whatever's backstopping potential you know tail risk of something terrible happening in these over collateralized lending protocols is that they're largely denominated in their native governance token. It's compound, it's Aave, it's similar, it's mango, right? Um, and those assets are highly correlated to the success of the protocol and and the liabilities they have. Um, so if the protocol sees a downward spiral and there's liquidation cascades, the governance token, which is largely backing those and they're supposed to ensure and, and stop that, uh, goes down as well at the same time. So how do you have some, how do you have a fund that is anti-correlated with your liabilities? And this is extremely important uh, when you, you sort of say it out loud, but tough to do in, in decentralized consensus and getting governance. How do you convince people to diversify out of their treasury or their insurance fund by voting with that same token, which is going to put you know downward pressure on the, the actual price? And, and that's pretty tough to do, um, especially in you know an environment or when you're doing it reactively. Um, there's sort of uh, a lot of uh, hurdles to get over there uh, in, in the forum and Discord and, and otherwise. So as a lot of as a lot of the launch, I mean, what you guys launched what, a couple of weeks ago, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so has the as a lot of the you know post launch um, work been around just like talking in forums, getting people to to understand what era is and why to adopt it, or is, has there been a lot of uh, you know general understanding? A lot of the reason we launched was hey, it's tough to get a nons to sign NDAs. Like, we want to be open and transparent about what we're doing. Uh, we're still in alpha right now and have an existing vault that we're getting a lot of good info and um, we'll have a good impact study uh, going forward. But we want to help out our initial clients and, and our initial DAOs and going into Q1, we'll try to onboard more of them. Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of interest in, it's not just the DAOs that we're trying to service, right? There's different, so I guess there's, I should mention, there's three different roles in era, the DAO or like the client protocol. The arbitrageur who's going to like rebalance the weights um and then the vault guardian which is submitting parameters to optimize for that objective function which is dictated by the DAO. like hey it's it's pretty simple generally in like a lending protocols case we have these liabilities these borrows how can we make sure we cover this loan book completely and and the vault guardian submits weights and then is incentivized by rewards or slashed uh, if they're incorrect and there's a reputation system and a lot of complex math uh, in, in the 80 page white paper but 
um, yeah, we want to talk to these people and people that are interested in participating on that, on, in that role, in, in that function. Maybe shifting gears a little bit, but kind of talking on the same line, like what do you, what do you see as the biggest challenge face, facing DAOs uh, moving forward in terms of a long-term viability, you know, not just for like, on-chain on big protocol DAOs, but just DAOs in general? Yeah. Um, I think conflicts of interest are really tough to get over, uh, right? You know, Gauntlet works for various DAOs. Um, Hopefully, we're as transparent as possible. We have investors that have stakes in some of the DAOs we work with, and um, they're obviously some of the biggest voters as well. I think that starts to get pretty murky pretty quickly um, when there's different interests and this B2DAO sort of service layer, including us and, and others, start to work with a variety of DAOs. And, you know, I mentioned like composability before, but like that starts to make the web of complexity and sort of the stated interest of a proposal or forum thread or something like that um, not become crystal clear always. And and who's going to, I don't want to say watchdog or regulate that, but, you know, make sure to manage those expectations and educate the community without, you know, wagging the finger and calling someone out for putting in a nefarious proposal or a parasitic proposal, as some might say, uh, through a forum or, and try to push through a vote. Sweet. What, what would you say is your favorite part about, you know, working in DAOs? I think, you know, a lot of times, especially because, you know, we're going through a lot of like growing pains now, we talk about a lot of the negatives or, or the, the complaints about, you know, being in the DAO, DAO Twitter, DAO ecosystem. What's your favorite part? It's adversarial, but it's not zero sum. For a little context, I played poker professionally for like over a decade. And at the end of the day, as much as you can, you can try to squint pretty hard, but poker seems pretty zero sum. If I win, uh, you probably lose. Maybe we get some entertainment uh, along the way. And while DeFi might seem like that right now, called the casino and, and things like that, the sort of the game theory and adversarial nature is definitely related. But in the end, in my mind, there's almost no chance it looks like a casino. It'll be boring. It'll be like email and these underlying protocols if operating correctly, we'll be able to transfer value and, and onboard a ton of users. And not necessarily, you know, we don't have to be completely idealistic that it's like banking the unbanked or something, but these protocols are going to open up a lot of use cases that I don't think we exactly foresee just yet. Poker sort of saw a dead end because all the learnings from ML and AI were ported over to DeepMind and, and then taken to other industries, right, for ads or, or something like that. Uh, in crypto it's sort of unbounded where like the learnings about governance or composability can sort of immediately be directly applied to ongoing development cycles and different layers in the stack. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I think a lot of, I mean, we talk a little bit about like the headline nature of, of crypto and everything, but I, the reason I like working in the DAOs and DAO space and talking to a lot of DAO operators who, who don't necessarily get a lot of like love or followers on Twitter, just because, you know, like you said, it is kind of boring, but Boring is also good, and there's a lot of uh, really awesome things happening behind the scenes. But um, like you said, I think it's unbound. Um, and there's going to be a lot of really interesting, cool things that arise in the next couple of years, even though you know it is a very like downtime right now. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to, uh, to talk about that and uh, move forward. So what would you say, um, if you could change one thing about DAOs or just Web3 in general, uh, what would it be? It's almost like they should move faster in certain regards and move slower in others, uh, giving latitude to you know, people that are directly correlated or have KPIs that track towards the DAO. I think there's like a large trend towards sub DAOs and, and councils and committees that sort of 
are trying to, or intuitively are trying to do this, right? To have a risk out or have a treasury DAO or, or some sort of grants DAO, for example. And that's sort of been the most successful one. But we don't necessarily always need a middle layer that could potentially turn into bureaucracy just yet. I think having, we can, you know, have incentives and KPIs and incentive alignment directly to the DAOs and people like us and, and definitely a ton of others can service, um, service the DAOs and be accountable to the community, which is, you know, changing all the time uh, on an ongoing basis and in a transparent manner, which I think um, is going to be pretty exciting. Something we we're talking about a lot recently is just, um, you know, the importance of being on chain. And the, I mean, you talked about Gauntlet, you know, does a lot of their stuff off chain, Era's doing things on chain, and there's not necessarily, you know, there, there's good, there's pros and cons to both per se, but um, something we've been talking a lot about a lot recently on DAO Talk is um, just building on chain and being open and, and uh, just transparent almost and you know building like the our ceo dennis intuited today around the ftx you ask like why don't we just use the technology that this entire industry is built on so you know what, what are your thoughts around it's kind of like an open-ended question just about like the importance of of the on-chain technology and like why it is so important to use it and uh you know even sometimes when it feels cumbersome in a way this is 100 percent the north star for like i guess growth and like the function i'm trying to lead uh where hey we're in these communities and we want to explain as much as possible even for you know we understand the audience isn't quants that have 20 years of TradFi experience or something like that how can we port over all the data and the holistic view of our methodologies and inputs to make it clear what the value or risk of the protocol is like how can we get better about displaying this in dashboards Will there tech be technology in the future so we can like roll this up into ZK proofs and show that like this is our calculation while still having a business model that does have some proprietary aspects, right? And and this is something we want to get closer to, like quote unquote, like get closer to the metal, get closer to like the protocol of transparency and, and try to be more accessible. We we get that a lot of our research can sometimes be very uh, obtruse or or, or not digestible for you know the broader general user or even like the core developer and uh, that's definitely something we, we need to get better about um, because the ethos is something we try to ingest or, or ingest because I'm talking about data pipelines all day but uh, something we want to like lean into more and more and uh, definitely a north star coming from my end you know being more on like the, the marketing and, and content side it's like uh, how do you make the technical more digestible and uh more consumable for the average person. And I think only the answer is diluting is diluting the, you know, the research paper. Like I think having that complicated, hard to digest research um, and work that y'all y'all and other projects that you are doing is important. Um, and we just need more people, more communicators, more creators in the space who are helping uh, bridge that gap between both. Um, that's why I love working for Tally. And I think, I mean, you know, Denison, Denison's like kind of all of that wrapped into one. So exciting to, to, to see how, how that plays out in the next couple of years. Um, and it's important to have people like you as well, you know, kind of that middleman, but, uh, all right, cool. So let's end on a, on a quick little personal question. What is your favorite place in the world and why we've had all ranges of answers from people saying like the room they're in right now, their home to the, you know, their hometown, some beach somewhere. So feel free to get as crazy or as simple as you want to get here. Didn't about, 45 countries and probably like 
most people, I want to pull out, you know, five to 10% of that culture or that city to sort of live or have, um, you know, access to forever. The lifestyle of Copenhagen, the soups of Vietnam, the arts and culture of Mexico City. I don't particularly want to live anywhere like in the metaverse per se, um, more than I sort of do right now. But if I can find a way to touch grass in sort of all those places and, and a few more mentioned, then you know, sign me up as, as soon as possible. That's probably my favorite answer I've had so far. Uh, that's a really, really good answer. And I think I agree with that. I think that's, I'm going to answer the question if someone asks me, but 45 countries, that's a, that's, that's a good little bit. Do you, do you still travel a lot or is that, you know, past times or what? You still traveling? Past times, a little bit of, yeah, as mentioned, the poker life. Uh, but, you know, there's crypto conferences everywhere. Uh, I can do a few here and there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's talk, uh, let's end on a little bit of like, how can people get involved um, with what you're working on? Um, you know, what are the opportunities? Is it just um, staying plugged in? If they have a project they want to, you know, if they want to use ERA, if they want to work with Gauntlet, how, you know, how could they get involved with you? Yeah, um, you can find us in the forums of a lot of these projects. Uh, that's usually the easiest way. Tell us what we're not explaining well enough. Uh, of course, we're hiring uh, like anybody, as you can imagine. Uh, when in good times or bad, risk management is starting to be more top of mind for crypto, which net on net is good. Uh, we don't want to be the risk managers for everyone, uh, but we want to you know service as many as possible. Uh, so this sector that we're trying to build in grows, and uh, we need more people to help us do that. Absolutely. Where um, you guys are at Gauntlet Network on Twitter, I believe. And then at we Era are. Finance. Era is A-E-R-A. Where did that name come from, by the way? It's a Latin and Roman word for public treasury. Um, as you can imagine, all these treasuries are quite public and we're trying to manage them a little better than they are today. Love that. That's a great name. So at Gauntlet Network, at Era Finance, and Nick is at Inky Maze, I-N-K-Y-M-A-Z-E. Where'd that name come from? <laughs> That comes from Palefire and Vladimir Nabukov's book. I've heard of it. I'm not super familiar, though. I need to read that. Um, I like the name, though, for sure. Well, Nick, Nick Cannon, thank you for joining uh, Dow Talk Studios for this episode of Dow Talk Interviews. I'm sure we will be in contact more in the future, as always. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to this and want to get um, a more in-depth consumption of this go subscribe to the dow talk newsletter at dowtalk.substack go follow nick at inky maze gauntlet network and era finance and we'll see you next time thanks for coming on